So, folks, we're recording this on Thursday, September 21st. We just got the National Association of Realtors report on existing home sales for last month. They weren't as quite as bad as I expected, but boy, oh boy, with 8% mortgage rates, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next month for existing home sales. And I am hearing from more and more builders that are simply stop building. Now, these are the small builders. These aren't the big boys who got plenty of money in debt or, or the ability to raise debt. But uh, I think we might be walking into a time where supply goes down even more. And now we need to have this conversation with the guy that looks at housing, housing, housing. Mr. Lance Lambert. How you doing, sir? Housing, housing, housing. Always a lot going on. And uh, where we've kind of been for the past, let's say, three, four months, kind of in my mind, is a period where we've come off the seasonally strong period, where right. we saw this huge reverse in the market, shift in the market, where we had had that downturn in the second half of 2022, came into January, and a lot of resiliency came into the market. And on the price side, things started to tick back up. And we erased some of the gains that occurred in the second half of last year as demand, you know, just simply outmatched the really low supply. Where we've been since, let's say, May in my mind, is a period where both the financial markets have tightened back up. You know, we had in February a 5.99% average 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Today, yeah. we're at 7.37. And the 7.37 actually is the exact number that we hit at the peak in October of last mm. year. Um, and so financial markets have ticked, have tightened, and they've done it with duration now. We've been over seven for a bit. And I think that matters because in June, you still had some people who locked lower rates who were kind of making their way through the market. Uh, and, you know, maybe even into June. Now we've really gotten to a period where, you know, a lot of the people shopping are, are seven, seven, five, you know, and like you said, uh, depending on credit, you know, they might be pushing eight or over yeah. eight. You're starting to see the eight handles, you had said. Yeah. yeah. Some other people say that too. And so affordability has re-deteriorated. And also we have moved into the seasonally weaker period and we've been here. And I think where the market was last year and the market this spring is we are in a place where supply and demand are very, very tight. And yeah. so you move the equilibrium a little this way or a little that way. And that can affect it uh, in some significant ways, depending on the market. And so we're in a period now where the markets that are vulnerable to price decreases could see some softening, uh, but it won't happen everywhere uh, and is what we're kind of seeing in the data. And, you know, interestingly enough, we're actually seeing a lot of like the Pacific coast stay really resilient, even in August, uh, which is ironic because that's the part of the country that had seen the most weakening or right up there last year. Um, and so the market is just has very strained affordability and let's see how it reacts. Um, yeah, you know, new listings could hit a little lower than they've been, uh, cause they've already been so low. Yeah. Um, or is this also be a period where maybe some of the markets can get a little inventory, which would be healthy as we move into that season. But here's, here's the problem. And I think you've started to poke at this a couple of weeks ago in, in some of your writings and certainly on your tweets. 
it's not inventory. It's the right inventory. If we continue to get net new listings above the median, frankly, who cares? Yeah. We need that entry level first time home buyer. And that's the stuff that's missing. And I just don't know where that comes from. Right. The move up buyers, certainly if the move up buyers not moving when the rates are seven, they're not moving when they're eight. Yeah. And now we have builders. You and I talked about builders about a I guess it was April when Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. And I told you I was I was afraid that builders, small builders, not public builders, but small builders who rely on the commercial banks, they're going to get to a point where their construction loans are pulled or not renewed. And that's mm -hmm. going to prevent even more of it. I think we're there. According to the uneducated economist, he's talking to builders because he's in the lumber industry. And more and more of the small builders are like, dude, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm going to keep my money in the bank. I'm not building anymore. So we're even going to see less entry-level homes you know, in the very near future. And we just so saw that starts down 40%. Okay, that part. Let's say if it actually plays out, we yep. see fewer single-family homes home constructions yep. or we see, or multi really starts to you know roll over and multi is rolling over even if yeah. the no data said this summer and spring it wasn't it is rolling over we agree we agree because there's secular cycles and there's cyclical cycles and multi's being hit by both where we don't have as much demand for the apartment stuff and it's more the demand for the single family and so the secular demand for single family is going to be much stronger than Correct. multi heading forward. Uh, if that is the case, and we actually start to see multi and single take more of a hit, my attention turns less to housing. It's the economy. Yeah, the interest, I agree. If you take, if the interest rate sensitive part of the economy finally starts to roll over more on the really hard activity stuff, that's when you're talking about a Fed induced uh, interest yeah. rate recession. Um, no and it's, it's been stable. And, uh, you know, as we kind of had some of this resiliency and especially the builders, you know, kind of touching, you know, pulling down their margins a little bit to do affordability adjustments to bring buyers back into the market. But if we're in a period where the combination of affordability being so pressurized and the fact that uh, lending is tightened for these smaller builders in particular, and we roll that over, that matters for the economy. And so I, agree. I, I think that's really important. I think as a long-term, if we're underbuilt as a country for single-family homes, you know, it's not a great thing long-term to have fewer single-family homes. We I haven't agree. seen that impact quite as much because there was such a backlog for construction that as builders kind of were finally able to get some breathing room and the supply chain kinks fixed out, completions have held steady. So the number of homes, single family homes hitting the market over the past 12 months hasn't taken a big hit. But right. as you kind of take a, you know, if permits get whacked for a long enough period, it will eventually slow down completions of homes going into the market. And that matters. Yeah, that's and again, there are switching costs and people can trade down from homes to condos and townhomes, and we may see even smaller. But uh, we are we are quickly racing to a market where um, we are going to hit GDP. That's that's exactly right. We got to a foundation right where we had the recession or depression in transactions, but we were bouncing around four million for existing home sales. 
that there is a significant risk that we crash that bottom and we go to like three eight or three seven, which is you know roughly another ten percent down. And then if builders pull back ten or twenty percent, we go from hoping that housing is a net positive to GDP, which is where we were headed, to it continually being a drag. Yeah. And again, Fed induced so recession. Let me, let me do that. So. Right here, let's say this arm down here is transactions. These are Correct. realtors, brokers, and right here is everybody who supplies the builders, lumber, all the stuff. So what happened over the past 12 months, both these sides hit, right? right? But right here in the middle, this is residential employment. Residential employment has not fell. Right. The builders have been nickel and diming people that they supply from, and you know they now have power to have done that. And the brokers and everybody on the transaction side of the economy, they've taken a hit. But residential employment has stayed high. If this falls, that's recession. I yeah. agree. And that's and what that's where that's what eight percent. Yeah, autos and housing. And that's we are um we're staring that right in the face with, with what's going on. Because again, you reported on 16, 15.6% cancellation rates for you know August pending home sales, right? That's that's just an ungodly number yeah and, and you know let's say it is a mild recession uh you know the people especially on the transaction side of the economy they they probably would want that because right now this period where the economy is fighting rates and yeah. continuing to be resilient labor not softening this all works to keep the bond market tighter um yeah yeah, the Fed, the Fed, uh, the Fed was uber uh, aggressive yesterday. Even though they kept rates, they were ultimately hawkish, higher for longer. Another rate increase, no cuts next year. GDP higher, unemployment lower, and then of course you have Jerome Powell saying soft landing is not his base case. That was that was interesting. Oh, he said that. Yeah, he did. He said, he was asked explicitly. He, I I was traveling yesterday. I missed everything. Uh, <laughs> I did a one asked. day to New York. Uh, which one day trips are always terrible when you get up at three fifty and then get home at midnight. Yeah. Um, so I had something important to say, and I just lost my thought. We were with sorry. The, so refi. Let's say let's say we go into recession. Rates go to five nine mortgage okay. rates. A lot of people wouldn't want to refi at five nine, but yeah. people will be in an economic situation where they would need to refi. True. So the refine, you know, the, the you know, that's what I mean on the some of the the broker side where I I think refi, I don't like to make calls, but I would think that refi is pretty close to the bottom at this point. Oh, it has to be. I mean, it's a strange oddity if you actually look back on Wednesday, the Mortgage Bankers Association actually reported refis were up two percent week on week, and that was with rates rising. Which, and again, it's such a small number. Small and numbers you, get skews. And if you look at the unadjusted number, it was actually up 13% last week. Oh my goodness, unadjusted up 13? I did not yeah, see that. So, yeah, and yeah, I, and I was talking to my team about this. I was like, don't even worry about refi numbers right now at all. Yeah, too, too it's, so, it's so teeny tiny yeah. for traditional refi. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I'll every once in a while get an email from my broker that I got my mortgage for my house. Sure. And they'll have this link where you can click it and it'll tell you the benefits for uh, uh, refine huh. and do it. And it's like over the course of the mortgage, you would pay an extra like 200,000 and your monthly yeah. payment go up over a thousand plus. It's like, 
why are you guys even sending this to people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The benefits of refining. You're an idiot. Yeah, don't do it. It's crazy. All right. Well, again, we're staring at the face of 8%. This is what I think Powell wants. He does. He wants the economy to slow down. And the most interest rate sensitive parts of the market are housing and autos. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as soon as Q4. So Lance, where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me at News Lambert on Twitter. Uh, you can also Google Lance Lambert Fortune into Google and you'll find my author page. One final point, which is somebody I really care what they say about the bond market is Bill Gross, the bond king. Sure. Because when he came out and we were like three, six, three, seven, he said, hey, we're going back to four. When we hit four for the 10-year treasury yield, he said, hey, we're going to four, four and a half now. Oh, and God. we're not quite at four and a half. We're three basis points off right now. I'm looking at my phone. We're at 4.47. Uh -huh. So he essentially got those two calls right. Um, oh, and, I thought and, you were going to tell me he just called five. I thought that's what this punchline oh, was going. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And if he did say that, I, I, my eyebrows would perk up. Yeah, I'd be nervous. Lance, you're amazing. Thanks for coming back each week. Folks, episode number two, we're going to talk about Austin, Texas. Stay tuned.